Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's me. It's Toby. It's International Fight Week, UFC 290. And, bro, we got it. We got some bangers. What, what's your just overall thoughts of the card? Oh, this is definitely uh, one of the better cards in a while. I mean, you've got exciting matchups top to bottom, like Jalen Turner and Dan Hooker, Robbie Lawler and Nico Price, Robert Whitaker versus Duplessis. And then, obviously, the two title fights that we have to cap it all off. So, it's incredible. Yeah, it's great. So, we're just going to hop right into it. Um, let me share the screen real quick. And, I mean, top to bottom, this card is just another level. So, the first fight I'd like to talk about personally is uh, Cameron Simon versus uh, Terrence Mitchell. Terrence Mitchell's a new guy. I think he's making his debut, but he's pretty experienced. Um, but Simon, I mean, I think he's 23. Yeah, and, he's young. Definitely young. I mean, the Duke can fight, man. Um, although he does get away with some eye pokes here and there from, you know, what I've saw, seen in his last fights, a couple nut shots, but there's no doubt he's skilled in my opinion. And I think, I, I think this is a pretty good test for him against the guy who's twice as experienced as he is. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, he does get away with some eye pokes here and there, but he's pretty well-rounded. I mean, he's a really good striker. He can hit you from a lot of different angles and he's undefeated. He's young. I mean, exciting prospect and i think yeah this is gonna be a good test and we're gonna see how good is he yeah so sorry i'm adjusting my airpods real quick this is frustrating all right cool we're good to go anyway so um light heavyweight bout marchin procnio vitor petrino i think someone's getting put out i think in this one and i think it might be procnio petrino is really good yeah yeah, both these guys have pretty devastating knockout power, but especially Petrino. I mean, like you said, I mean, he is a really powerful guy. Um, I would probably favor him as well in this matchup, honestly. This should be a fun one. Yeah, banger. Banger's up and down on this card. Um, I am really excited for Tatsuo Taira. Um, I think this guy, I think he's only 23 as well. And, you know, Hopefully he can inject some fire into this fly, uh, flyweight division. I think this is a one thirty catch weight. Um, so yeah, yeah, this is this is awesome. Um, do you know why they're doing it at the catch weight? Or uh, I think uh, Shires um is a late replacement. Yeah, there's actually quite a few late replacements on this card, but um, yeah, Tatsuro Tyra. I mean, he's a fantastic prospect. All of his fights in the UFC so far. He's shown really good grappling skills, super, super um, pressure heavy. Like he, he's pretty heavy on top. He's got good subs. Um, he's got decent striking, you know. Um, he mainly just uses it as more of like a means to get to the takedowns and get those submissions. But, you know, he's been impressive thus far in the UFC. So I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, like if he's got a swing and bang, he, he can. He's very capable of it. Um, I think Tyra wins this one pretty handily. I, I say submission in the second round. 
Yeah, yeah, I think he'll probably get a sub. Definitely a finish in this fight. Um, yeah, I think he takes it. All right, so to the prelims on ABC, Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield. I'm pretty sure they fought um, back at 284 on the on the Volkanovski Mahachev card, and it was a banger of a fight. I think I think Jimmy Crute, you know, he he was coming off an ACL tear, I think, and then he got that repaired. I think it, with this, you know, he's gotten back in the fight game a little bit. He he has some fights. Well, he does a fight experience. He got back. He knows what his body feels like after the ACL tear. I think that he's going to look really good in this fight, and I think he'll win this. Yeah, when I looked at this matchup, I was like, I swear these guys just fought, like, not that long ago. And I guess it, they did fight on the 284 card. Yeah, I mean, that was a fun matchup. I think it ended in a draw, maybe. Um, it was pretty back and forth. You know, Minifield clearly has a bit of a power advantage. I think he knocked him down a few times in that fight. I mean, he's a super powerful guy. Um, he gets a little bit reckless uh, in his striking sometimes. And Jimmy Crute, fantastic grappler. Um, but his striking is uh, has improved in recent years. And I would agree. I think that this is going to be a pretty close fight again. But I would probably favor Jimmy Crute as well. Indeed. Ooh. Uh, uh, I'm not going to talk about this one against uh, Yagui versus uh, Gomes. But um, I don't know. This is oh, I Yagui is really good. I think she's a solid prospect in the division. Um, but I don't know, this is an interesting fight. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think this should be a fun matchup, honestly. Um, from the fights that I've seen of Denise Gomes, you know, she's exciting every time she goes out there, even if it's a decision, she puts a lot of pressure on her opponent. She's got good striking, good grappling. Her last fight against Bruno Brazil, I actually I thought Bruno Brazil was gonna win that for sure. And she proved me wrong, and she looked really good in that one. Um, she even looked, you know, not terrible against uh, Luma. Look on me. She just got taken down a lot. But, yeah, Yaragui, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but she's also a really good prospect, um, very talented. I think this is going to be a banger. I think it's going to be a fun matchup. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's going to win this. I think Yaragui, sorry if we are destroying your name, but yeah. I think I think she'll win this fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to say. I think this one is a bit of a coin flip, but I would slightly favor Yasmin. Yasmin Yarui. Yeah. I really don't fight. That right, yeah. yeah, we're I know we're watching it. All right. There's not much to talk about here. Jack Della Madalena versus Josiah Harrell. Um you and I talked about this on the last podcast. This dude that they're bringing in a fight JDM is five seven, usually fights at one fifty five. I, I fear for his life. I, I really do. This is going to be an absolutely brutal matchup. And I don't even know why JDM accepted the fight. Maybe he needs the money. However, dude, look, if he loses this, I'm going to be very sad. <laughs> but yeah. I don't see that happening. What they don't even have, did they even have the odds posted? I don't even see the odds posted. It's going to be brutal, man. I think Jack yeah. Dalla Jack Madalena wins in the first round by whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, I mean, after seeing what he's done to really high-level opponents like Randy Brown, who is a six-foot-three welterweight, and as you just mentioned, this guy who stepped in on short notice is five-foot-seven and a lightweight. So after seeing what JDM has done to previous opponents, I mean, I just don't see any way that Josiah Harrell has a chance in this fight. And I respect him for uh, taking this fight on short notice. Absolutely. And I, res I respect what he's done in uh, other promotions. And he's obviously a talented guy, but this is just not a good matchup for him whatsoever. 
like you said, I think JDM does whatever he wants to this guy. I'm not sure. Maybe, the, you know, no one else wanted to step up on short notice. The UFC just needed to find someone, and this guy was willing to step in. But this is just a terrible matchup. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't further JDM's career in any way. Because if he wins this fight, it's like, yeah, obviously, he was expected to win this fight. I just don't see any chance of him losing. I mean, if there were odds in this fight, I would imagine it would be like the Bo Nickel, where it's like minus 2,500 or something. Yeah. So yeah, Jack Del Del Madalena by whatever he chooses. <laughs> um, sadly, all right. sadly for Josiah. Uh, all right, Bobby Knuckles is fighting for the. Oh no, Robbie Lawler, ruthless Robbie Lawler is fighting for the last time against Nico Price. It's kind of a brutal matchup, man. Um, for the last fight, Nico Price is a dog. Um, I love Robbie Lawler. Um, I wish they kind of fed him a can. Um, to get him one last one because Nico Price is not a can by any means. I know. Um, but you know, shout Robbie Lawler, man, legend, one of the best welterweights to ever do it. Um, long career, and he competed for the Strike Force middleweight title. I mean, this guy, you know, he, he's a he's kind of a pioneer in the sport, man, especially when it comes to modern MMA. So, you know, hopefully, I, I want him to get the win so badly here. Yeah, so do I, man. I mean, there there are not enough good things that I can say about Robbie Lawler. Like, truthfully, just one of the most entertaining, one of the most humble and just incredible fighters and people that we've ever seen in the UFC. Like you mentioned, he really is a pioneer. You know, he's been in the UFC since, I believe, 2002, early 2000s, definitely. And that's back when he was training with, like, Pat Militich and Matt Hughes out of and Tim Sylvia out of that militage uh, fighting systems. So he's just been doing this for a long time. He had a brief uh, moment, really, well, actually not that brief. It was like several years in the middle of his career where he was losing some fights. He was in strike force, but then he had this resurgence where he went to American top team, came back. And I maintain that Robbie Lawler had the greatest uh, four fight stretch of pretty much anybody, which was the Matt Brown, Johnny Hendricks, Rory McDonald, Carlos Condit, those four straight fights. You will never see a guy in wars like that back to back to back to back to no. back. And there's just nobody like him. I mean, what an incredible career. And yeah, I mean, this is a tough matchup though, because Nico Price is a very unorthodox striker. He can hurt you in a variety of different ways. And even if Robbie is able to get on top, we've seen Nico finish people with hammer fish from the bottom. We've seen him finish people with up kicks from the bottom. So it's dangerous wherever he goes and he's got submissions as well. So this is just a tough matchup. And if there's one thing we know about Nico price is that he is a dog. As you said, he is going to keep fighting no matter what. And Robbie just, I don't think is going to be able to put him away. I don't think he has the power or the stamina that he uh, once did to be able to put Nico away. So I just see this as kind of, it's probably going to be a back and forth brawl, but I, I think Nico is probably going to outlast him on this one. Yeah, sadly, I think so too. Oh, that hurts me to say, but hey, Robbie's ruthless for a reason. So yeah, we might see one last hurrah. I really hope we do. You know, maybe he'll get a finish or just win like a really fun uh, decision. But yeah, I really just want Robbie to go out on a high note here because what he has given to the UFC, you know, almost no one has uh, put in as much as this guy has. I mean, the dude's probably given pints of blood to the UFC, and that's not even like. Yeah, legitimately. <sighs> Crazy. All right, to the main card. All right, Bo Nickel versus Val Woodburn. 
they don't even, they don't even have Val's stuff up yet. But so Val Woodburn is like five seven. I'm pretty sure I might be an inch off. I'm sorry, Val, but he's not a big guy. He's not a big guy. And this dude likes to swang and bang from all the highlights I've seen. He, he will put your lights out. However, his punches are very looping. And if he overthrows on Bo Nickel, he's going he's going to sleep on the floor, I think. Um, it's a da- it's a dangerous matchup because if, you know, Bo gets caught, you know, it, it's not going to be just a, a shave off the chin like a Sean Strickland punch might be. Shout Sean Strickland. Great performance last week. But, yeah, it's... I don't know. This is a terrible matchup for Val Woodburn. I think Bo Nickel finishes this finishes this in the first round because if he overswings just once, Bo Nickel's just going to shoot a double. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that's the risk that you always have to think about when you're facing such an elite wrestler, and you cannot overstate how elite of a wrestler Bo Nickel is. And people can say, like, I know Woodburn is like, well, I have good wrestling too, and I'm not really uh, worried about it. <laughs> you, you can say that, but once you get in there. When you're facing that high level of a wrestler, that's all that you're thinking about. You're thinking about overswinging and getting taken down. That's what we saw when Connor faced Habib, and he was thinking so much about the takedown that Habib was able to knock him down with that right hand because he was just focusing on sprawling and bringing his hands down to shuck him off. So I think it's going to be a similar story in this fight where Woodburn is so preoccupied with thinking about the takedown that we could see Bo Nickel probably hurt him on the feet as well. And yeah, it is dangerous. I mean, Woodburn swings wild. If he connects with something, you know, this is a middleweight fight. These guys are powerful. He's a big guy. So he could hurt Bo Nickel. But if, like you mentioned, if he misses even one shot, it'll be 0.1 seconds and Bo Nickel is on his hips and then he's on his back, you know, so. Yeah, Val Woodburn's going to have to pull out some uh, very fundamental ones and twos this matchup if he wants any chance. And that's honestly, he can't step off his back foot. He can't, yeah, he can't do any of that. So, yeah, I, I think Bo Nickel does whatever he wants to him on the ground. I think he subs him within like three minutes, honestly. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty quick fight. I mean, if I were Woodburn, no kicks whatsoever, completely yeah. avoid kicks. I don't know if he really throws kicks much anyway, but completely avoid that. Do, you know, maybe knees if you want to, but mainly just uppercuts, rip body shots and one twos and just keep it basic. Don't overswing, you know, keep it simple, man. Yeah, like if he steps in and out of range really quickly, I could see him having some success in this fight. But uh, yeah, it's Bo Nickel, man. If he gets his hands on you, you're going to the ground. Yeah. Yep. All right. This fight I'm excited for. Jalen Turner versus Dan uh, Hooker. Uh, Dan Hooker bleached his hair. I don't know why. Yeah, um, it's an interesting look. It's a, it's a very interesting look. He also got tattoos on his back and has like uh, shin pads tattooed. I know those shin tattoos hurt bad, probably. Oh but yeah, I can't imagine. Jalen Turner six three. Uh, Dan Hooker six foot. Dan Hooker looks taller than six feet to me. I swear he's six one six two, honestly. But, um. This is probably Jalen Turner's longest matchup in this division he's probably ever had. Um, Dan Hooker hasn't been the same since that war with Dustin Poirier um, in the Apex. Best Apex fight by far. Do you agree with me on that? That has to be the best Apex fight. Oh, 100%. I actually, I just watched that fight uh, back recently. I mean, that might be one of the best fights, period. Like top, top 10 fights ever. 
um, if, um, if it had a crowd, oh my god, amazing fight! Like Dan, I, you know, outside of Roy McDonald after Robbie Law, that Dan Hooker might have been the closest to anybody perishing after a fight, and I don't think Dan Hooker would disagree with me on that either. But oh, it's brutal. And yeah, was, he was so close at the end of the second round when he was teeing off on Poirier, landing those hooks and then that knee. I thought he was going to finish him right there. If he had like five more seconds, he probably yes, would have. Absolutely, he would have. And man, he if he like it's like we said, if he finished him, you know, he'd probably be he'd probably be in title contention. Like yeah, oh yeah. But no one's no one somehow doesn't Poirier got better after that fight. But <laughs> so, I don't yeah, know somehow. how. I don't know how anyone's the same after something like that, but Jalen Turner in his last fight lost him a Tausch camera. People are saying Jalen Turner won. I don't know how anybody saw that. Um, Tausch camera won that fight guys. I don't care what you say, but this is a fun matchup. I, 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 if this was Dan hooker three, four years ago. All right. I think he's winning this fight handily, but I don't know, man. Jalen Turner is really good. Yeah, um, in his last fight, I I agree. Um, I definitely don't think he won that fight, but I do think he looked good. Um, he knocked down Gamrod, and there were moments that he had that were pretty good. I think he took like one round, but I, I don't see him taking two of them. I mean, he just got taken down and controlled for too long in that fight. But what's really impressed me about Jalen Turner as of late is that he's just been finishing everybody and mostly like first and second round finishes too. I mean, he is submitting people. He's TKOing people. And we're talking about actual good fighters like Jamie Malarkey, Brad Riddell, who's a teammate of Dan Hooker. So I've been high on Jalen Turner for a while. I think that this is a great matchup for him. I mean, just the fact that he's a six foot three lightweight and that he doesn't even look that drained when he cuts weight is incredible. And he still retains like a good bit of muscle mass. So he has like the perfect body type for this weight class. He can grapple. He can strike very well. He's going to control distance in this fight. He's going to land, I think, a lot of kicks to the body. And we've seen Dan Hooker, you know, his fight with Edson Barboza, you get those rangy kickers that start targeting to the body, and he's had some trouble with that. I mean, Barboza just absolutely punished his body. If anybody hasn't seen that fight, if you want to see a really brutal, brutal fight, go watch <laughs> Edson Barboza and Dan Hooker. I mean, that – is truly like the accumulation of damage just got to him and he wilted under that. And I mean, he's just been through so many of those fights. You look back, you know, he's fought Yair, he's fought uh, Poirier, he's Paul Felder, Paul Felder. I mean, all these guys, these wars that he's been through, it's going to take a toll on you at some point. And I think it's Turner's time to move up into that upper echelon of the division, even though he already is ranked higher than Dan Hooker. It, you know, the name value alone will catapult him a bit further. I think this is a, definitely a Jalen Turner spot. And I think he's going to get a finish in this fight, whether it could be a sub, it could be a TKO. I think he's going to get it done. Here's my thing. I, I think Dan Hooker might be one of the best guys off his back when it comes to his grappling. Like he, he will throw up a triangle out of nowhere. I think he has two or three triangle finishes in the UFC. Um, So I, I, I'd be, if Jalen Turner was to bring him to the ground, I think, I think Dan Hooker would be very wary. This is tough for me because I, Dan Hooker looked good in his last fight against Poyes, uh, but that was a joke on Poyes's part. I don't know what he was doing, uh, but but Dan Hooker decided he was done <laughs> uh, with with the shenanigans and the tomfoolery. But I think Dan Hooker wins this by decision. I hope he wins it by decision, but I, I get the odds favoring uh, Jalen Turner. I totally get it. So yeah, I just think. 
he did look good in that last matchup, Dan Hooker, but Puyas, I mean, he had nothing to offer on the feet. And Jalen Turner is such a polished striker in so long. I think that's a huge, um, a huge difference too, is that if Turner does take him down and Hooker starts throwing submissions off his back, I think Turner's just so long that he'll be able to avoid a lot of them. Yeah. So fun fight. This will be a banger. Um, oh, it's who oh, Bobby. Oh, dang it. I'm not, <laughs> not giving not any spotlight. <laughs> not that guy. Uh, Robbie, Bobby Knuckles versus Drake is Plessy. Uh, Robert Whitaker. Let's go over who this guy is. He's only lost to, He's only lost to Adesanya in the middleweight division. He's never lost anybody else but Adesanya. So, you know, undefeated at middleweight outside of Adesanya. This dude, Duplessis, man, quite possibly the worst top five uh, guy to ever enter the top five in UFC history. Um, he claims an, uh, no surgery is going to completely fix his cardio problems. Will it help? Yes. I know from experience. I've had multiple no surgeries. However, it will not... This, this this it won't it won't increase your skill it won't it won't make you a better fighter in general i don't think and i mean here's my thing if you're gassing that much after the first round that's a you problem but justin gaethje's nose was just absolutely destroyed before he got surgery he didn't have too many problems with five round cardio however bobby knuckles uh i think he might decimate this dude over the course of three rounds, or he'll just get it finished in the second round. I think Bobby Knuckles is uh, infinitely more skilled than Drake is Duplessis, and Duplessis uh, is just a sham at this point. I don't. If he beats Robert Whitaker, I will take all of it back. But this is this is ridiculous. I think Robert Whitaker wins this handily. Yeah, man. Like before we uh, started this. I said it's Robert Whitaker fight week. I know we've got two title fights on this card, but it's all about Bobby Knuckles. I mean, this guy, <laughs> you look at his record, the people that he has faced, the finishes that he has, and even the decision wins that he has. I mean, he's beaten Romero multiple times. He beat Jacare, finished Jacare, you know, uh, beat Kelvin Gastelum, Cannoneer. Just the level of competition that Robert Whitaker has is unparalleled in the middleweight division and is especially unparalleled uh, compared to Drikas Duplessis, and then just skill for skill. I mean, pound for pound, Robert Whitaker might be one of the three or five most skilled fighters in the whole UFC. He yeah. is so, so well-rounded. No matter where the fight goes, he is dangerous. And you made a good point about, you know, he's been in so many five-round fights. Robert Whitaker, this is a three-round fight. And we saw in his last three-round fight against Vittori, he was able to put more pressure on him and be a bit more active than we have seen him been because he knew that this was a three-rounder and he knew that he could do that. So I think I think Whitaker's going to come in here and try to make a uh, prove a point because he knows that if he just wins a decision and it's you know eh, it looks okay, he's not getting a title shot off that. But if he comes in here and destroys Duplessis and leaves no doubt as to who the number one contender is in the middleweight division, the next challenger for Adesanya, I think Whitaker could have a good case for a title shot, even though he did just fight Izzy at uh, 271 or 272. So I think this is a great matchup for Whitaker. His one-two to the high kick is better than anybody's that we've seen, you know, maybe ever. I mean, one of the best combinations in all of MMA. Yeah, seriously. One of the best combinations we've ever seen. Um, he executes his strikes so perfectly. He knows how to jump in and out of range so well. He knows when to mix the takedowns in. I mean, this guy is just like, 
he's an incredible fighter. I love watching him fight, and I think he gets it done any way he wants. Same. <laughs> Drake is still a good run, man. Yeah. I really hope I'm not eating my I won't be eating my words, but all righty. Brandon Miranda versus Alessandre Pantoja for the UFC men's flyweight belt. Um, Brandon Moreno is really good, but Pantoja's beat him twice, once on Ultimate Fighter, and in the in the rematch they had, it was a beatdown. Um, but Brandon Moreno's a completely different fighter. I, I really think this is a, a fight that really favors Pantoja. Um, I think Brandon Moreno's great. He's I love the guy, um, but I don't know. Pant- I think this is Pantoja's fight to lose. I think Pantoja's incredible. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it definitely, I'm sure, takes a mental toll on Moreno, knowing that Pantoja has beaten him not once but twice and finished him one of those times. Although that was on the Ultimate Fighter, so technically it's not on his professional record, but still it's got to sit in the back of his mind knowing that this guy has beaten him twice and Pantoja, man, I mean, his striking is reckless. You know, he's very aggressive. Like he's going to pressure forward, come in with big shots, but it, it can be effective at times. And the thing you've got to watch out for with Pantoja, it's like with Aljo. I mean, if he gets your back, he, he's not going to get off. Like he is a specialist at taking your back and choking you out. But then again, I mean, Brandon Moreno, you know, he's one of those guys, you rarely see this level of skill improvement from fighters, but Moreno in these past like seven or eight years, his skill has just improved so dramatically from when he was losing to Sergio Pettis, losing to Pantoja. He has just continuously leveled up each fight and he's so well-rounded at this point. Um, he makes great adjustments mid fight, like in the Kaikara France fight, when he started throwing that, uh, uh, that lead body kick off like ending all of his combinations with that lead body kick you know just a perfect adjustment his, his latest fight against Figueredo I mean he's finishing guys now his last two fights have both been for the title and he's finished them both and so I think this is a really tough matchup I mean I think this could be fight of the night for sure this one's going to be super fun I think it's going to bring a lot of much needed hype to the flyweight division it's a good storyline but yeah I mean it's super dangerous man Pantoja, he's been on a tear himself. He's been, he finished his last two opponents as well. And he's just looked like a beast, man. He's looked dominant. So this is a really, really tough matchup to pick. I don't know. I don't know. I'd ever so slightly favor Moreno, but it's hard to say. I mean, subbing Roy Vallon Perez, but beat Manel Cop by a decision. Um, he did lose to Ascrop. No shame in that. Yeah, close uh, fight too. Uh. Yeah, just I don't. I, there's not many, and what's interesting is that Moreno's favored. That's a little odd, I think. Yeah, but I don't, has Pantoja ever had a main event? Maybe that's why. Uh yeah, I don't know actually. I don't think so. It's a good question. Um, but I, th- I don't think he has. So I think, oh, uh, great fight! But the main event is what I'm looking forward to. Hell yeah! Alexander the Great Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez. Um, man, this is Volk's toughest matchup by far. I don't even think it's close. Um, but Volk, uh, you know, Mahachev, you know, Mahachev, man. Um, I don't know. This is this is a really tough matchup for Volkanovsky. And 
But I do think if he gets into stays in range with Yair and doesn't let Yair get into kicking distance, I think Volkanovski can turn this into a clinic. But if he doesn't do that, Yair's just going to piece him up from the outside and win this by a decision. This is a fun fight, though. Yeah, this is definitely one of his toughest matchups. I mean, you look at his previous fights, right? Like, obviously, Islam is one of the best fighters ever. Um, that's an incredibly tough matchup. But the way Volkanovski is built just physically, he is built to defend takedowns. You know, he's built to, to sprawl and to shut people off. And I think that, yeah, styles make fights, right? And a lot of his previous opponents, um, like Holloway, like Korean Zombie, they're pressure fighters. But that doesn't matter to Volkanovsky because his um, fighting on the inside is so good. And he's able to, you know, use head movement, uh, use the stance switches so well. You know, he's able to deal with that pressure. And he has basically infinite cardio, right? And then with Brian Ortega, again, kind of a pressure guy, a grappler. We've never seen him fight someone, at least not recently, like Yair Rodriguez, who is at such a high level in his striking where he's bouncing in and out constantly. He, by the way, also has great cardio. Um, you saw in the Max Holloway fight, that was a war where both guys were throwing a lot of strikes every round. And he was not getting tired in that fight until maybe the very, very end. But even then he was still throwing. So I think this is a super dangerous matchup for Volk. I think that Yair, like you mentioned, is probably it going to pick him apart from the outside. I mean, obviously, you know, he's multiple inches taller than him. He, he's so dynamic in his striking. He can land from almost anywhere. Even if Volk takes him down, Yair's going to be kicking off his back, throwing up submissions off his back. It does not matter where the fight goes. Yair is going to find a way to throw and land strikes. So I think Volkanovsky absolutely must get on the inside. He must mix up the takedowns. But even then, there's the danger there. So, yeah, this is a really tough matchup for him. Yeah, if, if Volk wants to, to take Yair down, he's going to have to go to side control or mount him or north-south or something because Yair off his back is insane with his triangles. I mean, you know, he didn't technically sub Brian Ortega, but he got him out of there um, off his back. And then he did uh, triangle choke uh, Josh Emmett in their interim title fight. Yeah. All right. You know, I, I know people will mention too, like, well, but look at the Frankie Edgar fight, right? Yeah, that, that was five, six years ago when Frankie Edgar took down Yair and beat him up off his back. Yair does not do that anymore. He doesn't just stay on his back and uh, take damage and try to shell up. He gets he's so much more so much more active off his back now. And so I know people will say like, yeah, well, Frankie beat him up. Yeah, that was a completely different fighter back then. So it's not going to be as simple for Volk as just taking him down and beating him up like he was able to do against Ortega, for example. Yeah, this is an interesting fight, man. Um, predictions. I think Volk uh, grinds out it. I, well, call me crazy, but watch Volk get a submission in this one. Just watch it. It's my gut feeling. Dude, you never know. I mean, he's been training with Craig Jones, I know, for his past couple fights. Um, yeah, I think Volk gets this one done as well. I don't know if he's going to get a finish in this fight because Yair is super tough, always dangerous, good cardio. So I think it's going to be tough to get a finish, but I think he's going to be able to get on the inside. I think he's going to land nice elbows inside. I think he's going to work the body well. Hopefully he can land, you know, he has like surprisingly long legs, like weirdly long legs. So I think he'll probably be able to land some good leg kicks as well. Maybe slow down a bit of the movement of Yair. And if he mixes in the takedowns effectively, I think that'll just, you know, be the key to the, um, 
you know, the piece of the puzzle that he's missing. So I think that Volk gets it done. I don't know if it's going to be a finish, but we'll see. See, we shall. All righty. So um, some interesting news coming out lately. Uh, Figueredo versus Dominic Cruz is in the works for a September event. What? Did you see that? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I fear for Dominic Cruz. <laughs> yeah, that's a scary matchup, man. Just based off the power, man, because Cruz has been getting chinned in every one of his last fights, it seems like. He gets knocked to the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a brutal, brutal. Dude, even in the fights that he wins, like, he got dropped so bad by Pedro Munoz in his fight, you know? I just, yeah, I fear for Dom in a matchup like that. Figueredo, he cut so much weight to get to 125. So for him to be at 135, you know, be at a more natural weight class, I mean, I think he's going to have so much power yeah that and yeah you make a good point there like just the power that he possessed at 125 after gross weight cuts and then he's coming up i don't know man that's gonna be tough um what else has been going on it's been pretty tame oh right hall of fame inductees um yeah jose aldo robbie lawler for lawler versus mcdonald um he'll i'm sure he'll be in there as a fighter um cowboy 100%. cerrone jens pulver and uh anderson silva were inducted into the to the hall of fame last night congrats to those gents yeah that's a fantastic list of guys i mean clearly they all deserve it you know um and i think uh i got like jens pulver too i think he can get a bit overshadowed by you know silva aldo cowboy but you know don't sleep jens pulver man he had a great UFC career, former lightweight champion. I think he might have been the first lightweight champion. The dude was incredible. He put on wars every time out there. So shout out Jens Pulver. And he does the UFC uh, Twitch channel. So, Oh, yes, he does. Um, GSP's coming back for grappling um, in December. I'm excited for that. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. But I keep, um, I see that video of GSP where he's like, I'm coming back. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. But he actually is coming back. I guess just not in MMA, but at least grappling. So we'll get to see that. Yeah. Um, oh, I saw that John and Izzy uh, um, saw each other. I'm not sure where, but, you know, they had like a little encounter. Oh, yeah. They had, they, they had dinner together, I think. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. So, you know, the beef is squashed and I wouldn't want beef with John Jones either. So. Well, you know, clearly what it is is that John realizes that Izzy would decimate him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a father-son type thing where John's like, yeah, you know that I would destroy you in a fight. So let's just be friends, man. I saw this video the other day of John Jones. Uh, you know, he met Sergey Spivak. Yeah. Uh, and they like stared and then Spivak, you know, just, just hugged him like in like a grappling thing. And John Jones like, you know, he didn't hit him, obviously, but he put like a knee up, like, uh-huh. um, like over his shoulder. It looked like, like, and it would have hit Spivak if it was a fight. And Spivak, when they disengaged the clinch, he was like, "Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> what the heck?" <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Yeah, John is just one of those guys. Like, you gotta respect him to a certain degree because if you don't, then you just know that he would kill you. You know, I mean, literally, like he could. <laughs> that's he a good. That's a way you. to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't um, see too much Raush, else. Uh, Raush uh, Manfio, the guy who got suspended off PFL, um, 
he said something. He he admits his performance was horrible, uh, but wants PFL to end uh, suspensions that benefit Shane Burgos. I'm like, yeah, can't agree more. Yeah. Um, he said, um, we clearly had bad performances, referring to him and um, Schultz. Um, we clearly had bad, bad performances, but no one can accuse us of anything. I wish there was an official investigation because I don't know how else to prove I'm speaking the truth, but an investigation would prove it. Yeah, that's that's still horrible. I can't believe that PFL did that still. That's no, it's like, yeah, I mean, they didn't put on the best of performances, but I'm not sure what the PFL expected when these guys are literally like as close of friends as you can get. You expect them to just go fight each other in this bloody war? <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, crazy. Um let's see what else there is. I mean, it's 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 been it's been a pretty tame week regarding news. Um I have not watched this week's tough episode yet. I know what happened because everybody figured out what happened like a week ago when it all got leaked. <laughs> Screw yeah. you guys. Um not cool. <laughs> that was that's so terrible. And they leaked the whole episode practically. Well, they leaked what mattered in the episode. Yeah. Like, no, I didn't watch it either. We're talking about um where Connor like shoved Chandler's yeah. that the episode? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what happened in the episode, but I'm I need to watch the whole uh thing because Connor's guy was winning the whole fight. Yeah. And then he got caught. So now that what he's like, oh and six. Oh so and far? six. But oh prospects my. and uh vets was like the dumbest idea they could have come up with. Yeah. Like what like a 30 you think a 35 year old prospect, no no disrespect to this dude, but come on, 35. Yeah. People don't get the UFC at 35, man, unless you're like a heavyweight. No, it doesn't really make much sense. Like you, I mean, just do prospects versus other prospects. Like why why do them against like yeah, mid-30s vets who have already been in the UFC and you know, lost, but I don't know. Oh, I, I, you know, we need views. So Jake Paul wants to fight Connor and MA are boxing next. I think Connor would destroy him in either, to be honest. Oh yeah. There's no shot that Jake Paul would ever do anything to Connor. I mean, I guess there's like maybe a bit of a size difference, but I don't think it matters. Keyword there a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, you know, I saw um, Algerman Sterling said in an interview that uh, this title defense is literally against his will. I guess he did not want to fight Sean O'Malley. But I guess my question would be, like, who who else is up there? I mean, like, yeah, obviously, like, there are guys at the top of the Bantamweight division, but who that, that he hasn't fought already or is deserving of a title shot? I mean, whether people like it or not, Sean O'Malley beat the number one contender in Piotr Young. He's the number one guy. I mean, he's the number one contender, like on paper yeah, at least. He, yeah, he gets the he gets to fight Aljamain. Oh, but that card's awesome. Um, what yeah. uh, like it's, and also Aljamain didn't take any damage in that fight due to the fact that you can't do ground and knees. I can't stand how he takes advantage of that. I know, man, it is terrible. I wish they would do it like one championship so that you don't have guys just sprawling forwards on their hands and knees, just like. Oh, let me just sit here with my head completely exposed, but you can't actually hit, you can't knee me or anything. You can hit me, but you cannot knee me. Yeah. I think I was talking to my dad about it. I said, why should you feel safe with your head completely exposed on the ground? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, but you go to your back or shoot on a leg. Like you got to do something. You can't just sit there. I mean, you can under the rules. You can though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a close fight. Um, I thought Cejudo won, but I'll have to go back and watch it. 
my gut yeah, tells me I'm wrong about that, but like it was very uh, close, man. Yeah. Um but this is geez, we have a great uh what is it? Oh, I'm blanking. We have a great um run of uh fight cards coming up. Yeah. We have a little break next week with Holm versus Myra Bonasova. Um little break next week. <laughs> And then UFC London, then uh, 291, then Sanhagen, Narmaga, Madoff, Luke Dos Anjos, Sterling versus O'Malley. This is a fantastic streak. I can't complain. This is, I mean, next week, I know, okay, my home versus my opponent, Silva. We need a break in there. But yeah, yeah. And fighters need to get their contracts fulfilled, so this is why they do stuff like this. Um Although Walt Harris versus Josh Friesen, that could be a fun fight. Derive versus Jung Young Park, fun fight. Otman Az- yes, Otman Azaitar is back. <laughs> yes, Terrence McKinney's back. Oh, yeah, there Lutz. I mean, there's actually some fun fights on this card. It's just that they get worse as you go up the card. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. But, man, I know Otman Azaitar got caught by, uh, what's his face, Matt Favola, but that dude the steamroller <laughs> yeah the steamroller shout out the steamroller man he follows me on twitter i don't know why dude he's but, actually pretty good yeah he's he's, he's a he he was a wrestler when he came in now he yeah now he likes to swang and bang but dude Otman is itar if he connects you are going out <laughs> oh yeah he swings wild man that that knockout against uh Pacalin, oh yeah oh. He, yeah he's pretty powerful yeah, he'll put your lights out. And Kama Worthy could could have been a good fighter if he learned head movement. That's really oh yeah. The dude is hella skilled. He actually actually check out his interview on Throne Hands. Interesting stuff. But um, I yeah, man, if Kama had head movement, he'd be a great fighter. But he just doesn't move his head. He keeps it in the same place. Then he shoots a double trying to get out of it when he realizes. I don't know, man. But anyway, um, that's really all I have. Um. Chael, Chael Sonnen hasn't said anything crazy lately. Um, okay, so <laughs> hear me out. Uh, uh, there's so many, so, so many Chael P-isms. I love Chael. <laughs> but yeah, Toby, you got anything else, man? Um, No, the only thing I will say, I forgot to mention about Volk, that I think it's going to be the X factor in this fight and many of his other fights is that I don't think anybody game plans as well as Alexander Volkanovsky for fights. That guy is meticulous. He leaves no stone unturned in preparation for his fights. He brings in the best grapplers, the best strikers. He studies so much film. I mean, just watch this guy. I think he has a YouTube channel, but whoever it is, you know, just watch behind the scenes footage of when he's training and the things that he's talking about. He knows exactly, you know, you can, obviously you can't completely replicate your style and training, but you can get very close to it and you can study as much as possible. And I know Volkanovsky has done that for this fight and for all previous fights. And that's really what sets him apart from the rest of the division and the rest of the UFC, frankly. He just knows how to bring in the right guys. Yeah. Like, like Craig Jones. Yes. Craig Jones is a big jujitsu guy and yes, bring him in from Mahachev, but you know, he also has some had some wrestlers come in. You know, he trained with Malarkey, stuff like that. And then for this, he brought in some like top top tier Taekwondo dude. Like, you know, he just and jo- shout out Joe Lopez, man. That guy's clearly a fantastic coach. 
Incredible like, coach. No one talks about him when it comes like you, you know, you hear about the um the Greg the Greg Montoya's, the um the Greg Jones Greg, shout out Greg Jones, man. Yeah. Um, Greg Jones, uh, you know, Hoofs, you know, guys at Matt Brown, it's the guys at ATT. But um, you know, you don't hear about Joe Lopez because it's a smaller gym, but the dude can clearly coach fighting. I mean, look, oh, yeah. look at Volkanovsky, look at Malarkey, look at Jack Della Madalena. Like they they pump out savages over there, man. They Yeah. And then, you know, they could just go over to Eugene Behrman if they want more. So, and I was, I was going to mention that, too. I mean, yeah, exactly. He's also been training with, you know, Hooker and Adesanya for years with Eugene Behrman. So, and Brad Riddell. I mean, you know, yeah, he's Volkanovski, man. His preparation is second to none. And the goat Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's talented. Man. I, I wish him the best, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if he has a bright future in the UFC. I don't think he was ready. <laughs> he needs to really work on that takedown defense. <laughs> say that again but toby that's all i got man anything else yeah um really looking forward to this card this weekend like you said we do have a bit of a break next week but keep in mind how good of a card this is and just you know think about that all this next week and then maybe even re-watch it next saturday instead of watching the holly Holm card yeah um i don't think you know if you guys want us to preview the home hyra bueno silver card let us know. We will do it. However, I'm thinking of a more special episode, uh, a little more fun. Uh, look, not not off the beaten path. We're not reviewing dust like we did that one time. That was that great episode, Toby. Go back and watch that one. That was fun. But I don't know, man. We'll figure something out. But that's it for throwing hands this episode. This is this was 193, I think. So just meet us back here Monday for the uh, review of this card. Peace out, y'all. Peace.